Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. This morning we continue our sermon series, Learning Perseverance for Life. For two weeks we looked at Lamentations chapter 3, discussing how the Lord is good to those whose hope is in Him, that we belong to Him, that we are loved by God, that God's mercies are new every morning. And I hope you found hope as you chose to look back and remember to see past what was just currently happening in your life, but to call to mind the faithfulness of God and to cling to his promises for moving forward. I'm reminded of a time when I was sitting with someone and they told me that when I begin to look back, oftentimes it can be hard to see good. He said our brain is like a, um, a fire sprinkler system in a building. When it turns on and it begins to spray water everywhere, the water does not smell good. It has been sitting there for a long time. It's stagnant. It's not nice. But when you let that water keep flowing, you will very clearly see the good. And so today we look back and move into the book of Jeremiah, starting with chapter 1 and the call of Jeremiah. But before I forget, remember, you can still participate with us through our Faith Enough to Finish study. You can use the app, which is totally cool, or you can go online and find the information there, or you can keep working through that book that you picked up. Lesson three is amazing. I heard Pastor Tim say that he wrote two of the lessons. He didn't write number three, and number three is the best. I also didn't write number three, so I didn't know how to take that, but it is the best. It's a really good one. Actually, they're all equally the same for those of you who did write them. Now, moving forward, each week the lessons are great, so keep going with it. Now, now, recall with me for just a little bit, this, we haven't talked about this in a while, but in Matthew chapter 16, Jesus once asked his disciples, who do, you say the pe- who do the people say that I am? Who is the Son of Man? And the disciples, if you remember, begin by listing several rumors that were circulating through the community, one of which was that Jesus was the reincarnation of Jeremiah the prophet. And I often wondered, why should the people mistake Jesus with a reincarnated Jeremiah? Perhaps it was the strong zeal for God, for righteousness, that both Jesus and Jeremiah as preachers exhibited. Was it the way that they were both rejected by the authorities in spite of the evidence that the power of God was with them? Or was it the fact that they condemned the leadership of Jerusalem and predicted the city's destruction? Or was it maybe even the personal intimacy and honesty with God that they showed in their prayer lives? We can't be sure we weren't there and the text doesn't care to explain to us why they thought this. But for many people, Jeremiah's courageous, his clear preaching, and his revelation of some of his intimate prayers have made him a favorite of many readers. I encourage you to pick up the book of Jeremiah and to work through it because in one sense you will find that he offers nothing new. He simply is holding the people accountable to the terms of the Sinai covenant given by Moses in Deuteronomy. But even though he delivers quite a bit of judgment and law, he also delivers the promise that God would save his people through the Messiah, Jesus. He is, in the words of my friend Roger, a true law and gospel preacher. But Bible's out. Here we go. Now, I know the bulletin only starts at verse 4, and with your permission, I would actually like to start at verse 1 real quickly. So here we go. You can follow along with me on the screen, or if you got your Bibles, we are in Jeremiah chapter 1. The words of Jeremiah, son of Hilkiah, one of the priests at Anathoth in the territory of Benjamin. 
The word of the Lord came to him in the thirteenth year of the reign of Josiah, son of Ammon, king of Judah, and through the reign of Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, king of Judah, down to the fifth month of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, son of Josiah, king of Judah, when the people of Jerusalem went into exile. Jeremiah was from a priestly family. So it made sense that they lived in Anathoth, which was this small village that was about three miles outside of Jerusalem. It's said that from certain vantage points in Anathoth, one could clearly see the walls of Jerusalem. So Jeremiah grew up not in that great capital, but he could always look out and see it. And I love there in that the word of the Lord, do you see that third line right there? This book contains the words of Jeremiah but it is the divinely inspired and infallible word of God, the word of the Lord, that is brought through the personality of Jeremiah. And I just want to take a moment here. Isn't it just like God to use a person in this way? You read through Jeremiah and you're going to find that God does not erase Jeremiah's personality. Instead, he uses his personality, showing Jeremiah's sin, his struggles, his victories, showing Jeremiah's heart, all the while delivering his word. And I hope you know as well as I do that God doesn't do that just for the people who wrote the Bible or who are named specifically in it. Friends, God uses each one of us. He calls your very life a living witness, a testimony to the work that he is doing. Paul talked about this in 2 Corinthians when he said, You yourselves are our letter written on our hearts, known and read by everyone. You show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of ministry, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God on your very heart. Each one of us is uniquely placed with a love that only we can bring. I believe that and I have seen that. Each one of us has been brought and purposefully placed in God's plan for His glory. And isn't it exciting to think that we are living in that time right now? For Jeremiah, it was a time during these three kings. Two of them were no good. King Josiah was pretty good. He was zealous for the Lord. But that was his time. This is ours. And let's press on here to that text for the day. Now your bulletins will work just fine for you as we go. It says, The word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Jeremiah has this personal encounter with God. Now, we are not led to think that this is a vision like Isaiah or Ezekiel or even John in the New Testament had, just that the word of God came to him and was placed in his mouth. Now, we know that he was raised in a priestly family, so it's no wonder many of his prophecies have echoes and hints of the previous prophets of Israel. It's clear that Jeremiah grew up knowing God's word, that he was familiar with guys like Amos, Hosea, Isaiah, Micah, probably even Elijah and Elisha. And so we might think that, okay, maybe that is what would qualify him to be the right man for the job. If you grow up in a priestly family, if you have heard the word of the Lord since the youth, then it makes sense that you are going to become a prophet for God. But God says it was long before that. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I set you apart. Jeremiah was just a young man, but God wanted him to know that his call went back further than the day that the word of the Lord came to him. Jeremiah existed in the mind and the plan of God before he ever existed in his mother's womb. 
What an interesting thing to think about. That you existed in God's mind and his plan before you were even in your mother's womb. God doesn't tell Jeremiah this because he finds it entertaining or it might be some good information for him. He tells him this so that he would know that his calling has been a part of God's will from the beginning. That he would be encouraged and see and that he could trust confidently in what God was going to do. The same goes for us. You are not an accident. You are not defined by the pain, the challenges that you have gone through, but rather God has placed you right where you are from before you were in your mother's womb. He had a purpose for you. That shoots confidence right into our veins so that when things don't go the way they want, the way we think they should, when things happen that we don't have answers to, when we feel lost, here is a promise that says from the beginning you were mine and my plan will remain. God looks at each one of us and says, do you think that what has happened to you, what you have done, would separate you from me? Has somehow broken the plan that I have for you, the purpose I have created for you? And that now, because of what you have done, these mistakes, these trials, that I don't know what to do as God? Somewhere along the way, we have become convinced that to be a part of God's plan means that everything is going to be easy and that there's going to be no pain or challenges and it's always going to be very clear what the next step in life is supposed to be. But friends, that is not the case. We are part of God's purpose When things are difficult and when things are hard, we have to go back to this promise. Now, a little side note here for Mr. Schulteis. I know he likes stuff like this. Prophet to the nations here. Isn't it interesting that even though Jeremiah only worked in Judah and spoke to them, it was for all people, for all nations, for all times? Ugh, God is the God of all people and he always has been. Let's keep going. Allah, sovereign Lord, I do not know how to speak. I'm too young. Allah's sovereign Lord doesn't really capture the deep feeling, does it? Now I get that because we're translating something here and it's really hard to capture this phrase here in English. But I hope you will see when he says, Allah's sovereign Lord, that this cry here is heartfelt. There is a deep, deep desire in Jeremiah to please God. There is something that is real here, something that is true. But at the same time, there's not really a fear. I, don't think of the, I can't think of the word right now. It's like, it's like when you believe something because you've heard it so many times and thought it so many times that it must be true. The belief that God says something, but you know that you're not good enough. Jeremiah says, I'm too young. We might say, well, I have this fault this thing that's wrong with me and well Lord I mean really if you call me I'm just going to mess it up I've, 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 I've messed up things before I will probably mess this up as well and honestly there are some people who would do this really well you should probably call them sounds a little bit like Moses right Jeremiah gives youth and inexperience as reasons to say I'm not sure. And I think probably 99 out of 100 times, 
If you were asking someone to do it and they said, I'm not sure, I'm too young, I'm inexperienced, find somebody else, we might go for that. But I seem to remember a God who would leave the 99, go after the one. And I love in this text here the voice of God, the way that he speaks. As the shepherd looks down right at his lamb, knows this lie, this voice has taken root deep inside of him, this critical voice that has been listened to way too much. And God puts a stop to it. He looks right at his child and says, stop listening to yourself so much. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. That will be enough. God says, I want you to see yourself as I see you, made in my image to do my work, to walk through fires, to walk through floods, to know and to experience who your God is and your relationship with him. Age, inexperience are unimportant when it comes to God's plan, God's purpose, God's equipping. And friends, you can add whatever it is that you would think would hold you back from being a part of God's purpose, his plan, because it's just too much for God. And he looks at you and says the same things. You don't have to say that. I will be enough for you. For Jeremiah, before he was born, God had been preparing his mission. And the time was now. And don't miss the fact that for Jeremiah, the time was not convenient and he did not feel ready. But when God said go, he did. And thanks be to God that when we speak our fears, when we say we're too young, God looks right at us and says, take heart, go, I am with you. When we say I have this weakness, I have this pain, this inadequacy, this thorn that I just can't shake, God says, take heart, go, I am with you. When we cry out, Lord, I'm a sinful man. Stay away from me. You want nothing to do with me. There is someone who is better to do this. He looks right at you and says, take heart, go, I am with you. Today is the time for each one of us to take those reasons, to lay them down before the Lord, those reasons why we can't serve, why we can't love, why we can't go on, and lay them against the presence and power of God and see and listen to the voice that will look right at you and say, take heart, go, I am with you. For Jeremiah, he reaches down, touches his mouth and says, I have put my words in your mouth. Today, I appoint you over nations, kingdoms, to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. See today I appoint you. Jeremiah was called, but that calling was not fulfilled in one day. Wasn't fulfilled in one year, wasn't fulfilled in five years, not ten. For 40 years, he had ministry. And there were several different phases of it and taken together. That was God's call. At one point, Jeremiah's going to preach for 23 years and no one's going to listen. <laughs> 
goes through all the cities of Judah and the streets of Jerusalem, no one listens. At one point, the prophecies, the writings that he had done are going to be taken by the king and shredded and thrown into the fire. At another point, he's going to be chained, flogged, thrown in prison, and routinely encounter death. At one point, his nation is going to look at him and label him a traitor because he says they're going to be in exile for 70 years. Why have I decided to choose to end this sermon on this uplifting point today? (laughs) Friends, in your baptism, God has called you. He has called you not for one day, but for every day that you live has called you to follow him through the different times, the difficult times, in different ways, doing different things. And his message for you is very clear. Take heart and go, I am with you. That's not just some call to toughen up. It's the reassurance that you can trust him, that you can lean on God, that you can take heart because your Jesus has overcome the world and your Jesus has gone before you And your Jesus will be right there beside you. Have confidence that God has brought you into his plan. And that type of confidence will not make your struggle any easier. But the promise always gives peace. The promise always gives strength. Strength that you did not even know you had. Because the faithful, compassionate, presence of your Lord Jesus is with you each and every morning, every step along the way. And no one, no voice in your head, no outside fears, no one can take that away from you. There is nothing that will separate you from your Jesus. Amen.